Welcome to Uncontained, episode 82. Hope everybody had a great Labor Day weekend. Three-day weekends are always nice. On the show this week, I have my first magician on the show. It's Eric the Red Magician. We talk about how he got into magic. We talk about, you know, sharing secrets and will that get you banned from secret organizations in magic, you know, kind of like the show Arrested Development with Job, and the difference between illusions and tricks. So that's all coming up on the show today. Once again, I hope you had a great three-day weekend, and hopefully this eases the entry back into the regular day-to-day. So enjoy episode 82 with Eric the Red Magician. How are you doing today, Eric? I'm doing great. All right. Thank you for uh, joining me. And how did you get into magic, Eric? So yeah, that's a uh, perfect story. So uh, actually, I I first got into magic because of this One Magician's uh, series. And uh, I'm not going to mention names. But, uh, you know, I was very young and impressionable, and I'm like, this is real magic. You know, my mom says don't believe in this, but that guy just went through a wall unexplainably. <laughs> and I was just learning physics in school, so I was like, did his atoms read, you know, a line or something? And then my brother, who worked at a retail, retail store in my hometown, uh, actually during time in their stock was a magic kit from said, uh, you know, magician on TV. So he got me the kit, and it was filled with items crazy giant items you know and i'm uh, i'm around like 13 at the time and i'm just eating up all this knowledge and then uh, there was these props and they were amazing but they're so unmanageably you know you had to be set up and i would just keep them in my pocket go to class play kickball <laughs> broke one of my props and it, it was really hard to like hey show me a trick and then i had to do some weird setup you know, and then I, I just kind of got soured because uh, this magician was uh, ousted as uh, being a a fake magician with camera tricks. So that kind of soured my opinion okay. of the of the art. And I was kind of like, oh, you know, this isn't really attainable. Oh no! Then I saw David Blaine. I'll mention his name because he plays a key role in my magic career, as most a lot of magicians. Okay. How he just goes up on the street, does it anytime, man, no setup. And it was just so, you know, you didn't have to have like an assistant that costs 60 grand salary a year to help you, you know, just a deck of cards or a coin that's in the in the spectator's pocket. And I loved it. And it it just, you know, was eye candy to me. And then I picked up a deck of cards because I was bored one day. I learned a trick off a line. And then it just I, I somehow started learning tricks on my own with certain, you know, principles I learned. And it just became natural to me. All right, great, great. So, and, you know, the whole camera trick thing, that's what makes it hard for me to watch magic on television. I know it's all illusion, like sleight of hand and stuff like that anyway, but at least when you're seeing it in person, the person actually has to do that trick. Uh, If you're, like, on camera, it could be like, oh, okay, they just cut away for a second, and, oh, the ball's in their other hand. But in person, you know, it's like, oh, wow, that looked real. I guess watching magic on TV sometimes is a little hard for me. But what what kind of magic do you do, Eric? I'm glad you asked that. I actually do uh, close-up card magic mainly, which is, you know, magic that is in your hands, in your face, right next to you, 
Uh, you can touch it, feel it, and you know you shouldn't, but you can even smell it. Okay. Uh, and yeah, you can. I work with coins as well. I do a bunch of different magic, but I mainly do close-up card magic. And uh, yeah, I also do parlor magic, and I used to do stage magic. Okay, so what's the difference between parlor magic and stage magic? So stage magic, you can technically reach more people. It is an actual stage, like a theater, or like even Madison Square Garden. Parlor is more of a room, tighter setting. You know, could be in someone's house, could be in like a meeting room or like a boardroom. You know, you're typically seated. On stage, you can do a lot more stuff, you know, and you can't do some of the stuff you do on stage in a parlor setting because it's so big. Okay, I was going to ask, does it change how you perform depending on your uh, venue? Like what, obviously what tricks you may do or uh, even your style of magic? Definitely. Uh, for, for stage, I know you're trying to appeal to everyone. And parlor, you can, uh, you can kind of single person out of the audience, bring them up. You can do the same thing on stage. But typically on stage, you can you have to do grand effects so everyone can see them. You know, uh, in parlor, everyone can see you, but you can do smaller stuff. If you do too big of stuff, not everyone could see. So, what was the first trick that you learned? The first trick that I learned, ooh, that's like the oh man, it's the first time you ever had an ice cream type of question. Uh, the first trick I ever learned was probably. The sponge balls. So what is presented is I have two sponge clown noses in my hand. Okay. I take one, put one in my hand, squeeze very tight in my hand. I take the second one and I put it in your hand and I make you squeeze very tight so I can't sneak into there. I snap or gesture. The one in my hand disappears and reappears in your hand. That was the first one I ever learned. It freaked me out when I first saw it. When I did it, it freaked me out. Even more when I saw did it to somebody. On a difficulty level, obviously since it's like your first, but a one to ten, like where would you put that on a magician scale of difficulty? You know, it's basic. You write out of the box, you're, and bam, you know, you just learn, read the text that it gives you, and you can do it. But with magic, the simplest tricks could be turned in, turned so hard. The hardest tricks could be simplified, and the base how you, uh, you know, perform them. And do you prefer tricks or illusions? Well, illusion illusion was a literal term that based off of like fictional, but illusion are like grand illusion. David Copperfield does illusions. I do magic. I like to say I do magic. I can do a trick, which is cheap, but I do magic. Magic tricks technically helps people understand, oh, I'm not trying to steal your wallet, sir, even though I could, but I'm not trying to steal your wallet. I just want to perform magic to you. So I, I say trick to get people on my side. So it's like, oh, it's just a trick, but I try to perform magic. I don't really classify it as an illusion. But there are illusions out there. So what would be the difference, I guess, between magic and illusions? So, you know, uh, some magic isn't an illusion, but all illusions are magic, if I could say. And this is my own interpretation okay. as well. You can talk to someone from North Dakota that does magic, and they was like, it's all the same. But... uh yeah, but I personally, illusions are are magic, but magic doesn't illusion. Sometimes magic can be in people's minds. Sometimes it could be in concepts of, you know, all your, uh, you counted five dice, now it turns into ten. You know, that's an illusion, but then other tricks could be like you counted, 
you did this. There's no illusion about it. It just happened magically. Okay. All right. So we were talking a little bit beforehand, and you mentioned that you do uh, some gambling cheating tutorials or something along those gambling lines. Gambling demonstration. Yeah, gambling demonstration. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no problem. Yeah. What What is entailed in those? Like, what do you show people how to do? Are you showing them how to, like, palm cards or what? So what I'm showing you is basically how someone could cheat you at a low level, at my level. I, I can't be the highest perfect cheater at gambling, but I can show you some of the techniques. Like, uh, I can show people how they palm cards. That's easy. That also transfers the magic. But I can also sh- uh, show people how they can, you know, keep a hand. Let's say I have, like, the four aces. It looks like I shuffle them into the deck, but secretly I've retained them somehow. And uh, I can show people how I can do crooked dealing, as some people would say, which is basically... I take the cards I want to deal and put them to the bottom of the deck. And let's say it's a four-handed game. I can deal the the four aces to anyone, myself included, from the bottom of the deck. And it looks like I'm dealing off the top of the deck. Really? So how, how do you make that uh, more convincing to look like? I know if I tried to deal off the bottom of the deck, it would look like I'm dealing off the bottom of the deck. <laughs> Uh, how, what, what, is there a technique that you use to make it a little more fluid looking? Yeah. So mainly it's just practice and practicing the right thing. Uh, one magician says, uh, practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent. So if you practice it wrong, you'll do it wrong perfectly. So you're going to try to make it look like, uh, to convince people you need to make it look like the cards coming off the top or try not to make a difference. I remember in my beginning, there would be a little pause in my dealing unnaturally where it would be a little like click or something. And uh, it just it would telegraph that like I thought a lot about dealing off the bottom. So, you know, I try to make it look normal. I try to look at people's eyes. I try to talk, try to get them not to look at my hands. Okay, what do you do to get them to not look at your hands? Sorry to explain, you know, the odds of poker or the odds of the game, like 21, or, you know, do I look crooked to you? Look at my face. You know, simply stuff like that. Look at this <laughs> smile. You know, th- do I look like I could cheat you? That's exactly what I want you to think. And stuff normally, like that. normally when people are asking you, do I look like I could cheat you? Look at this face. I'm, I'm an angel. They're cheating you. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're secretly taking your wallet at the same time. I yeah. could never be a thief. I have, I have thousands of dollars. that i all stole fair and square but speaking of pickpocketing you do uh pickpocket magic as well like man on the street pickpocketing uh i saw a video on your youtube you had this casino chip in one one of your hands and you made it pop over to the other hand magically and uh you're like okay i'm going to show you how to do this trick i'm going to make this uh chip pop over to here and shoot into this other hand and into this other hand over here and next thing you know you have his rolex (laughs) Yes. Yeah, definitely. So is that Uh, all misdirection there? Or what are some of the magician strategies that come into play here? Well, uh, to touch on the magician strategies, I am doing magic when I make the coin jump from hand to hand. That's pure magic, you know, technique. Then when I say they can do it, I'm technically lying to them and I'm 
using some pickpocketing techniques to take off their watch. Like one of the techniques is I make them focus so hard on the poker chip that they become blind to the world around them. Okay. And like how – not that I'm going to go out and steal somebody's (laughs) Rolex. I'm just wondering how you get them to focus on like something – over here as it's going on over here i imagine that's a lot of like magic and um a lot of what you have to do but uh, how do you get them to be distracted yeah how do i get them to focus on what they want them to focus and nothing else yes all right so uh it's all simply i'm uh how i do it is i show i show them the poker chip i show magic with them then i promise them that they can do it it will happen in their hands. It will jump from their hand to the other hand, but they have to watch it. It's hard for them because they haven't practiced as much as I am. And I'm making them watch a certain place and making all their focus because all their focus is on there and how fast I am. I don't like to toot my own horn, but how fast I can get the watch off. I just need them to focus hard enough for a little bit to steal the watch, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I was – watching the video uh, how soon do you actually how quick into the trick do you actually have the watch in your possession so i mean technically how soon i have it from the moment uh like around 10 seconds after i uh i grab the uh, arm with the watch around that uh, around that time okay. i have it i just haven't slipped it off but i could easily slip it off at any moment i want but okay. i just choose not to do you wait to the very end to uh, slip it off then? or I personally do, yeah. Uh, but I could immediately just do it you know, within 10 seconds or 11 seconds. How long it takes me to work it, it's almost immediate. And I could be like, oh, I could just misdirect them and slip the watch off. And bam, that works for the buckle though. The little strap break. Yeah, like uh, double folded over like buckle or whatever. Is that one of the easier ones to do? Oh, uh, it's, it's it's not really. I mean, technically, people think that's secure. I don't like to be the man that says something in the water, but what you believe to be secure isn't. I've taken them. I've actually, there's a video online of me learning how to take a golden Rolex within a minute. Really? Yeah, and what sucks about the video, it looks like a camera trick because someone steps into the frame of a hidden cam, but uh, I'll attest to it. You know, I learn how to steal the watch that I don't know how to steal before, and I take it, and immediately I can get it after a little fiddling. Cool. I actually did see that video, too, and I thought that uh, the way the people were looking there looked like they were intentionally standing in front of the camera. They just kind of had that look on their face, like, I'm here on purpose. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what malicious intent a camera in the middle of uh, Balboa could be, and that they have to block my view, but hey, I mean... This guy thought he was a good Samaritan, so I don't know. But, <laughs> you know, hey, it, I learned, now I only know how to take off the Rolex. That guy blocked it just in time before I did the there necessary you go. move. There you yeah, go. They I, did it so not everybody would know how to steal a Rolex. So people I'm out there, so. your Rolexes are safe uh, from everybody except from the for Eric public. the Red Magician. How did you get that name, by the way? So if you look on my social media... Uh, I'm a redhead, but I would always wear a hat. And uh, what I would do is I do a lot of magic, but weirdly, unbeknownst to me, I had a lot of props that were the color red. I used red cards. I used red clown noses. 
I use fire as well, you know, when I'm permitted to. Uh, you know, I take this color palette with multiple colors. Bam, it's red. And then hmm. it just kind of caught on. Everyone used to call me Eric the Red. And uh, I actually started in high school, you know, Big Red, Eric the Red, Red. You know, and actually Eric, I think there's a Viking called Eric the Red or something like that. I think there is. Yeah, I was going to say it sounded like a Viking or a pirate or something like that. So... Uh, my name's just been associated with the color red, and why not? I'm a magician now. Tack it on at the end, Eric the Red Magician. There you go. There you go. And, and it sounds like a Viking. If he grew a beard and added beard in there, it'd be a pirate. <laughs> Definitely, Eric the Red Pirate. <laughs> Maybe career chains are in the future. Yes, yes, and and you know with the uh, the pickpocketing skills, you, you'd make a good Viking or a pirate. Not to st- not to stereotype anybody. Not to stereotype those pirates. Yeah, they're not every pirate is a thief. Well, maybe by definition they are. I don't know, but uh, hell with it. Anyway, so what would you say is like one of your favorite parts of doing magic? Uh, you know, uh, the people just you know shake not shaking the people up, but letting them you know experience something just amazing. You know, something they couldn't thought was happening, and kind of. You know, when you're in the day, you're just kind of going through the motions, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, something amazing happens and you're just like, oh, wow, my my entire day just changed, you know, for the better, hopefully. Okay, so like kind of give them something to talk about that's out of the status quo. Yes, exactly. Giving them that that water cooler moment kind of like where they're like, oh, oh yeah. dude, I was out at the just walking down uh, down the street the other day and some guy, he stole my Rolex. But no, 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 it wasn't that bad. He gave it back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just something shocking people, waking them up a little bit and having them have a fun moment, but also kind of feel amazed, astonished. You know, they, they uh, whenever I do magic and someone's just like, that is amazing. And, you know, it's it helps them. It, it's for them. Yeah. So where do you want to go with uh, your magic? Like, what what are you wanting to do? Branch out, get your own Vegas show? or? So, I, you know, inevitably, I would like a Vegas show. That would be awesome. But uh, what I want to do is just perform, have a show, to maybe travel the world a bit before I get the Vegas show, see the world. Uh, win a couple competitions maybe and uh, doing this as a career is just fun and uh, I think it would just be fun in any way shape or form at least that's my own philosophy you know that I get to perform for people for a living is just amazing and I get to brighten people's day yeah yeah that is awesome being able to do that now I was looking on your Facebook page it looks like you're a chef as well yes I am also a chef uh, do you ever incorporate the two of them together? Like, like have like a magic cooking show? Not yet. A little bit on a hush hush, but, uh, maybe uh, in the future. Okay. All right. Just make the paprika appear over there or something <laughs> like that. You'd uh, be surprised. The ma- <laughs> It's magically delicious. <laughs> I've heard that somewhere before. So I know you have your YouTube channel. And yes. I'll leave a link to that in my show notes so people can uh, check that out. Do you Great. have anything new coming up on YouTube? Any more videos planned? Yes, I do. So I do have a series planned coming up soon about magic and uh, stuff on my channel. Uh, it's in the works right now, but it should be out soon. All right. What is this series about? Or can you go into it? 
I'll go in a little bit into it. It's mainly about magic and, uh, you know, a little bit about pickpocketing and combining those two. And then, you know, also talking about some of the magic. And also just showing what you can do, what what is constituted as pickpocketing, and then that can be applied into magic. Interesting. So kind of bringing the pickpocketing and magic worlds together. Will you be teaching techniques or anything like that? or? I could be teaching, you know, what to look out for in a sense, just in case, you know, you ever th- have some suspicions. I mean, the funniest thing is what I tell you uh, to look out for a pickpocket, a pickpocket will immediately see you doing this. Like there's a if, in a train station, look out for pickpockets. You know what people do? They search their pockets. Now I know where their stuff is. Okay, so a uh, quick word of advice uh, for people who are looking out for pickpockets. What would you say to them to stay clear or stay uh, safe from pickpockets? Stay pick clear pockets? of uh, how to stay safe. I've I've run into a, a one if you uh if you just like the mechanics of your watch, just wear a a, a, a Indian tied watch, which is a like a belt that you just tie up on that. I've encountered that and I've uh, been defeated by that every encounter. And I, I really wanted to get that person's watch, but it was tied on and I'm, I'm not so good with the knots. And also if you want to keep your valuable safe in your pockets, you know, skinny jeans are my worst enemy. Tight pants are hard to get into for both of us. <laughs> yeah. I'm not comfortable in skinny jeans, but I guess you'll keep your wallet. I'll keep your wallet safe, definitely. And also, if you have a zipper over your wallet, or uh, just zippers in general, you know, because they make noises. And also, I guess if you're in the subway, it doesn't help, uh, doesn't hurt you to have your hands over your pockets. Okay. So, you know, kind of make it so they have to pretty much touch your hand in order to get into your pocket. It's it's almost, once you know, once you touch somebody's hand, it's over. It's done. You know, I remember... Uh, while I was trying to get someone's ring off, they immediately knew, and then I couldn't get the ring. Uh, also, if you want to wear your stuff inside your jacket pocket, that's not the most safest, but it is the most daring of uh, of steals because you have to see the person's face. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know as well. So when you are working like with your casino part of magic like showing people what to look out for so people aren't cheating them at cards or whatever are you ever afraid that uh you know you'll be banned by some ring of magicians like i don't know if you ever watched arrested development with job getting banned from the magicians union or whatever it was for showing a trick to somebody that was not in that is there such a thing and are you worried about being banned from it for teaching this to people um i'm not worried about being banned for showing someone how someone cheats at cards uh and here's the funny thing if i just say this is for educational purposes it's it is i'm just showing you how i could cheat you at cards yeah and uh but if i'm showing you a trick there are some do's and don'ts uh one is if it's not your trick you shouldn't be uh showing how it's done in the sense of, like, let's say David Copperfield does a illusion in the show, and I show step by step how you know how it's done to the general public. I'm probably gonna get banned from the castle. I remember Penn and Teller got banned for showing the cups and balls in the uh, in England from the ring. Okay. 
which was, uh, you know, they don't really care about it, but it's just, in a sense, it's, it's your own rules, but uh, some tricks are actually even powerful when you explain them, but then do something, even though they know what's happening, it's still magical to the people. All right, and how do people in the magic community uh, view Pin and Teller? Uh, they do it, you know, it's a bit of a mixed view. Some people enjoy them as performers. They enjoy Teller as the, uh, you know, magician and Penn as the spokesman. And some people get kind of sour because they, uh, expose tricks and kind of, uh, you know, play around with what is exposing a trick. They try to only expose their tricks though, which is okay. Okay. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, most uh, generally, I hear nothing but good things from people for Penn and Teller. So, can you go to a magic show or or one of the big uh, shows in Vegas or whatever and enjoy it as a magician, or is it like the the comic who goes to a show? Uh, and doesn't really laugh, just chuckles to himself a little bit, knowing like, oh, I see what you did with that joke. Yeah, it's a bit of both for me. Uh, in the back of my mind, I am a little bit working it out, but I also can enjoy it. But I'm just kind of like, oh, and then this is here, and he's doing this. And I'm just kind of like, oh, I just wish I could enjoy this for the pure entertainment value. Um, my friend Roderick Rooks in uh, New York, he uh, I call him Double Dip because he does do magic, but he can also just purely watch magic and be entertained and not think about it. He actually used to tell me if I if it's good enough, and he doesn't want to know, don't tell him how the trick is done. He loves being fooled. Okay. And I love being fooled, too. Uh, but sometimes, I don't know, I have a bad habit, like, oh, this is how he did it. And then just, ugh, I feel like I'm working on a trick then. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear that. I hear that. So what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to get started out as, as a magician? So, uh... If you're looking to get started as a magician, first either get a book on magic. I mean, you can look online. A lot of people in this community really hate exposing tricks online, but you can look up online. It's not like I'm giving somebody in a secret, like, open hatched on, like, search up these words. Uh, But I would, how I launched my passion or my progress is what I went to uh, a magic shop with an actual magic shop, not one of those corporate franchise ones. And the magician there helped me. He uh, understood where I was trying to go, gave me the book. If you're looking for card magic, go to Royal Roads of Card Magic. That's a all-encompassing book. Okay. Amazing. And then once you get started, uh, just try to practice and then perform and practice performing. And you'll get the moves down. That's easy. Performing's the hard part. Okay. Um, like pr- – Passing it off in front of a live audience is the hard part, or what is the hard part of performing? Uh, just getting out there. I mean, you can think of uh, so many ways of to do a trick, but to do the trick itself is hard, and to re- make it seem like magic is even harder. Because I could, I could vanish a card in front of your face, but if I don't do it right, you might not care. Okay. You know. All right. It's kind of selling it as well. Yeah, you know, making people care doing it where you're not stuttering, which was my problem for in the beginning. And also it's it's gonna you're gonna have shakes in your hands and they're gonna get really sweaty. And just trying to like flow is is hard, but just try to get out there. It's like being a pilot. The more man hours you have, the better credited as a pilot you are. 
All right, perfect. Uh, what what are you doing to promote yourself, Eric? Uh, I've been uh, going to local restaurants, just doing close-up magic to people, uh, working on other people's projects. And uh, I remember my friend, good friend Buck Bowen uh, made some videos for him, and I've been doing magic for his videos and just putting myself on social media and trying to put, get my channel out there and uh, stuff like that. And I'm doing one of the greatest podcasts one of my first interviews ever right now. <laughs> awesome. Well, I am uh, happy to uh, be the one to give you your first interview. And uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, we have had a few technical difficulties throughout this episode. So thank you for bearing with me on your first podcast. What would you say is a highlight of your career my highlight of my career, uh, just not necessarily really, uh, the gave, highlight, but a highlight. A highlight, uh, making people in almost believe that magic is real. People literally thinking that is impossible. That is amazing. You know, making people have fun and enjoy themselves and be entertained. Awesome, awesome. So. When somebody comes and sees you perform or you come up to somebody on the street and perform a um, magic trick for them, what do you want them to remember about your performance? I want them to remember that it was fun. It was magical. Uh, impossible is still possible some, in some aspects. And uh, that I'm a funny guy at the end. And uh, that they had fun. And that they enjoyed themselves for a moment. Great, great. So I have one final question left for you, Eric. But before before I ask that question, uh, where can people find you on the web? Uh, where can people find you in person, like to check out some of your magic up close and personal? Um, Want to take just a minute and let people know where they can find Eric the Red Magician. Yes, definitely. You can find me on YouTube under Eric the Red Magician. You can find me also on Instagram under Eric the Red Magician. And uh, follow me on Twitter at Eric the Red Magic. And uh, if you want to see me perform, I'll be tweeting where I'll be performing. You uh, could see me in Long Beach from time to time or Anaheim, depending where you are, where I'm at. And uh, if I could really quickly give a couple shout outs. Yeah, of course. Uh, shout out to my dad, my mom, my brother. Shout out to Buck Bowen, Roderick Rooks, David Chavez, Caesar, uh, Ken Sands, uh, all my magic, all the people at the Magic Jams, and uh, shout out to Aaron for having me having me on this podcast on the Uncontained Podcast. All right, awesome. Thank you, dude. Thank you very much for coming on. Now, are you ready for the title question of the show? I'm ready. Shoot. All right. The question is Eric, the Red Magician. How do you live uncontained? I live uncontained through magic. So uh, how I live uncontained is I remember this one Mark Hamill uh, video I was watching is that he tries to get people out of acting by saying they're good at the other thing they're doing. Like, you'll be a good doctor. You'll be a good lawyer. And the people who stay really want it. And I really want it. Okay. So you passed the Mark Hamill test? Uh, I never met Mark Hamill, but I've... Uh, I've really questioned if I should keep doing this, and I've always come about, do I really want it? And the answer is always yes. 
All right, perfect, man. Well, thank you for joining me. I have one final thing for you to do, Eric, and that is sign off the show. Would you do me the honor of signing off the show today? Definitely. This is Eric the Red Magician, and I live uncontained. And that wraps up another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Eric the Red Magician for joining me and talking with me today on Uncontained. If you enjoyed the show, please uh, support the show. Go to uncontainedpod.com and uh, click on that Amazon banner at the top of the page, or just leave a rating and review in whichever podcast player that uh, you enjoy listening to podcasts in. Thank you for listening, and thank you once again to Eric the Red Magician. Make sure you check out his his social media, his Facebook, his YouTube channel, which he has a few new series coming up on, so make sure you check those out. And until next time, live uncontained.